Today on It's Time. Get your priorities right. We all like these things. We all like meticulous backyards and clean cars and everything like that. The excellence that is being talked about here, though, is the manner of living that we do. There's, there's a quality in what you do. You care. Hello and welcome to It's Time, the daily teaching ministry of Pastor Mike Kessler, the pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, Pastor Mike is teaching on the book of 2 Peter. The study on 2 Peter is part two of the Peter series, and if you'd like to catch up on the series, 1 Peter is available for free download through the iTunes podcast store, or you can purchase it from CSN at 800-357-4226. With 2 Peter, here's Pastor Mike. Verse 4, he says, Who's called us by his glory and virtue, by which we have been given given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Exceedingly precious promises. I, I, if you underline things in your Bible, that's a good thing. Exceedingly precious promises. Like what, you might say. What are some of the promises that we find from God? Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you, not even into the end of the age. I like that. I have not seen nor ear heard what God has recorded and has for those who love him. You think about these precious promises. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. These are promises. See, see, when you begin to look at it, you're valuable to God. And, and so these promises are for you. Now he says this. He says, look. He says, precious promises that through these, you may be partakers of the divine nature, having accept, escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Lust is simply wanting something you don't have. Whatever it might be. It can be for a person. It can be for a thing. It can be for money. It can be for power, position, whatever it might be. Those things that we think, if I had those things, I would be something And God's saying, no, what you need is my promises in your life, as he says here, that you would be partakers of the divine nature. You know there's two different natures in this world, friends? There's an Olson nature, and there's a divine nature. Don't you love it really when you walk in the divine nature? Isn't that great? That's what, you know the difference is? The divine nature is saying, well, I know God's got it under control. He's going to take care of me. His word says it. I'm settled in that. I've seen God's faithfulness in the past. I know he's going to be faithful to me in the future. I have friends around me who love God that encourage me. I love that. That's the divine nature. The Olson nature is, i got to figure out how to do this on my own. I don't know if God's going to come through or not, or even if there is a God. So therefore, I need to lie, cheat, steal, be corrupt, whatever it might, might be, to do this on my own. I really don't know if I have any friends or not. I have fellow thieves, but I don't really know if I have any friends or not. And, and I really want to kind of do it my own way, and I really don't even know what way that is. You know, the Bible says where evil is, where these things exist, there's confusion. And you know where the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord is, what does it say? There's peace. And so, he tells us here, exceedingly precious promises. You'd be partakers of the divine nature. God wants to change you, friends. Me. And he changes us how? From the inside out. He doesn't do it from the outside in. Boy, wouldn't that be neat if we could just all, you know, you know, look good on the outside and that make us good on the inside? 
doesn't work that way, does it? I, I, I look at some of these old movies back in the 30s and 40s and some of these ones that portray the gangsters and how good and pinstripe suits and suits, suits, <laughs> pinstripe suit, suits that they would wear. They were, they were snappy dressers and extremely corrupt. Friends, it isn't the outside. It's the inside that matters. That divine nature is that which is on the inside. Now, verse 5. But also, for this very reason. Now, this is the real... Well, he gets right down to it here. He says, for this very reason, giving all diligence. Now, that means the focal point of your life. Giving all diligence. I mean, moving everything else aside, all the peripherals, all the things that really don't matter. This, he says, this is what's important. Concerning the divine nature, friends. Now, again, we know this. You feed the flesh, you're going to reap the flesh. If, and, 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 and if you just are around people all the time, or you indulge yourself in, into things that are against the Spirit of God, don't be surprised when those things come out of your mouth. Don't be surprised when those things come out of your thought patterns. Uh, you, you know, God's made you a powerful, powerful person. The, the, the greatest, most gigabited computer in the world does not in any way add up to your capabilities. And when you look at that and realize that, that, as David said, you're fearfully and wonderfully made, you think about that, you go, wow, God, that's really incredible, the way that we are as humans. And if you feed that part of your life with things that don't profit you, those things are going to manifest. You know, we, we always talk about the laws of sowing and reaping. You, you, you put corruption in your soul, you're going to see corruption. You put good things in your life, you're going to see those things. And so you're the, you know... When you come to Christ, uh, you're the one that, that uh, God's Spirit unctions to allow certain good things in and take the bad things out. And this is what he says here. For this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith. Now, I, I think this is interesting because this is the very first thing that's listed. Faith is important. Faith is saying, you know, God, I know the world's a mess, but I trust in you. No matter what happens, I'm going to trust in you. Those things that make you want to cuss and swear... God, I'm going to trust in you. You know, because the thing is, that's our own frustration that comes out sometimes. So faith, add to your faith, virtue. Okay. Virtue. What is virtue? Virtue is an excellence in the way you do things. Okay? Um, oh, it don't matter. Any old way to get done. Good enough for who it's for. Well, you know, the Bible says everything we do, we do as unto the Lord. So to your faith, add excellence. In other words, do what you do and do it well. Now that doesn't mean, as an example, you're raking the leaves in your backyard and the backyard looks very nice and everything like that. And then a leaf comes down. Ah, I gotta go, you know, don't be weird. Now, you, now some of you that aren't into gardening, okay, let's move it into a sensitive area. Your car. Okay. There's a novel concept in Idaho, and that's called a clean car. I've never seen one, never heard of one, but I think they do exist at times. When we're not having scattered uh, rain in the morning and dust in the afternoon, which results in beautiful mud storms, we have the other... Well, anyway, my point is, is this. Get your priorities right. We all like these things. We all like meticulous backyards and clean cars and everything like that. And everything in our life to be so. The excellence that is being talked about here, though, is the manner of living that we do. There's, there's a quality in what you do. You care. You know, a lot of people don't care in this world. Have you ever noticed that? They just don't care. They don't care the way they act. They don't care about the words they choose. 
So he says, add to your faith virtue, that virtue, that excellence. And to your virtue, knowledge. So to your excellence, see, because when you're doing things well, then you add to those things. That's going to help you do things better. And then he says, to knowledge, self-control. Self-control, friends, is one of the most important things. And rapidly leaving our society. They say road rage in America is at an all-time high. And they're actually scared in some of the major urban areas because of this thing called road rage, which simply goes back to lack of self-control. And the devil loves to see you lose self-control. He just does. If somebody called it once, punching your buttons, they know how to do that. If they can make you lose self-control, you know a prize fighter, you see these guys on TV duking it out. If they can get their opponent to lose self-control, that guy will win against that person because you start throwing wild punches. You don't keep guarded. You don't take care of yourself because you've lost self-control. You ever seen somebody in self-control? You ever seen those real videos sometimes on wild police videos? And I, st- I remember this one where, where the cop pulls a guy over. He comes up and he goes, you're speeding, you know, 65 and a 35. Here's your ticket. And I just, you know, it's just crazy. My, my, my cousin was a, a, uh, a service rep for General Motors, uh, a car dealership uh, uh, by uh, um, San Luis Obispo. And, and uh, he said that he'd have people come in and complain about their cars or whatever it was. And he said, man, he says, I used to hate going to work every day because people would be coming in without self-control, just just going crazy. He said, you know what I did? And I said, what? He goes, I put a big mirror up behind my desk. And he said, when people would come in and they would see their face purple with the veins popping out in their neck and them going, he said, they looked so silly to themselves, they would mellow out. And he said, my job became a lot easier. So if any of you are in that department, remember, mirrors aren't that expensive. But lack of self-control. So he's saying, add self-control to your knowledge, which is working off your excellent way of doing things, which is based upon your faith. See, it's progressive, friends. And, And like I say, sometimes we like to go from zero to 60, but we forget what it's like to speed up to that point. Well, that's sometimes in our Christian experience as well. God builds into us things so that we will be able to respond and behave properly as we call ourselves Christians. So he says, knowledge, self-control. Self-control, perseverance. That's simply hanging in there. Even though everything in your body tells you to run and get away. And friends, I, I felt that way so many times in my life to run. But you know what? God just says, hey, look, I got you this far. I'm going to see you through. So perseverance, hanging in there. And to ber- perseverance... Now, this is interesting. Godliness. Look where the godliness is listed. Now, you would think, if you were actually reading this, it says, but for you, for this very reason, giving all diligent, add to your faith godliness. That's what I would started with, wouldn't you? But no. Godliness is actually quite far down the line. Do you know why? Because that godliness is actually manifested in self-control and in excellence in these things. What he's saying basically in the last here is then let your countenance, or maybe we might say your verbiage be godliness. In other words, you're going to live your godliness before you talk your godliness. Isn't that important? Think about it for a minute. How many times is it the other way around? Everybody goes around all, I am so holy. I'm better than you. But none of these things that we just read are even in operation in their life. So he's saying, look, let it begin in your soul first. 
then it will manifest itself in your words and your outer conduct, you might say. And then he says, to godliness, brotherly kindness. Wow. Now you see that it is an outward thing. See, it's, it's, it's the way it manifests itself in what's going on in your life. There's an internal thing that God does in our behavior and all those things. Then there's the external as this godliness, the brotherly kindness that people see. You know what brings people into the church and brings people into the kingdom of heaven more than anything else? It's not our programs. It's not uh, uh, um, that, hey, come as you are. It's brotherly kindness, friends. Our world is empty of love. What brought you into the family of God? What, what caused you to say, hey, I, 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 there's got to be something to this God thing? Was it you walked in and said, wow, glowy angels on the stage. I like that. I want to be part of this. Was it, you know, that church has really good food. Now that makes you think twice. You know what brought us all here? What brought us all to Jesus was love. And somebody showed you love and kindness, even in the lost. And and friends, let me tell you something. If you're struggling as a Christian in this church, in your life with issues, I I want you to know something. You've come to the right place because we'll struggle and pray for you and ride along with you. Now, if you're proud of your sin, yeah, I'm this way and I'm going to stay this way. Well, we'll probably talk to you. But you know, if you recognize you're struggling, hey, listen, we're struggling together. You know, the Bible says where we may be weak individually, together we are strong. We don't make excuse for sin, but we do say, hey, together, we will reach out to one another and we will, we will continue to serve God. Friends, that's the difference between Christian hypocrisy and pride and genuine love, as the Bible says here, to your godliness, add brotherly kindness. Don't think for one minute that you're something super spiritual because you can go around and find things wrong with other people. Oh, look what they're doing. A lot of people think that. They go, oh, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, they probably do. Probably got a lot of problems. And I'm glad you see that. So that tells me that God wants you to go and be a friend of that person. So maybe on a Saturday night or a Friday night when they have a temptation to go out and drink or go party, then maybe you call them on the phone. Maybe call them up and say, hey, let's go do something. Get them away from that world of influence until they're strong enough. Like like it is when you when you break your leg and they put a cast on it. You know, you ever, I don't know how many people ever broke something here. First of all, it's not a very pleasant experience. <laughs> because after about three weeks, it really starts itching in there. And pretty soon you got coat hangers that you're you know, putting in your cast, you know. And you know, you're at work and you don't have a coat hanger. So you um, use whatever you can find. Pencils, ballpoint pens, you're, you know, oh, yeah, it feels good. <laughs> you go to the doctor, the doctor cuts your cast off and goes, oh, homemade tattoos, I see. But when the doctor puts a cast on your arm, after a day after you broke it, he doesn't cut it off the next day and say, oh, I hope you make it. No, you, you leave that cast on there. And friends, I believe sometimes that, that, that we have a lot of brothers and sisters in the Lord who are in casts. As they've come to the Lord, God is mending them. And as God is mending them, they need our strength to keep make sure that there's not an extra weight put on that area of their life so that they break again and fall back into the same things again. Being watchful, not as being critical, but being brothers and sisters in the Lord. Hey, how can we help? Add to your godliness, brotherly kindness. See, let's finish. And to brotherly kindness, love. This agape love 
that comes from God that settles the heart. We're going to stop here today. Our Christianity can't be just superficial, but it comes and we say, God, this is something that happens inside. It's something that you change from the inside out. And again, friends, for you that are people that are Bible scholars that study the Bible a lot, I want you to consider that. Why did he list godliness, brotherly kindness, and love, the last three things, when he listed all those other things that we're supposed to add to our faith? Friends, external, external. Internal, external. A lot of times we try to take the external first. You know, God changes us. You say, but Mike, I I can't change myself. I've tried. You're absolutely right. Thanks for the observation. That's something that God does. It's how God changes us. And then because God loves us and we, we have been grafted into his body, we then watch out and take care of one another the best way we can. Now, you might not be able to say, Mike, but there's so many people. I can't take care of everybody. You're right. So you take care of the ones that God has put in your little world, your little sphere of influence. And that may very well mean moms and dads. It might be your children to take care of them. When's the last time you just really spent some time with them? Other than just saying, don't play that video game. But maybe saying, hey, let's go someplace. Let's, Let's take them someplace. Let's go get them an ice cream cone or a hot cup of chocolate. And just show them that you care, that you think, see? Because we get so fast, we get going so fast in a world that is all geared for impatience, that we become impatient. Remember, there's two natures. There's the nature after the Spirit of God, and there's the nature nature after the flesh and the hardness of man's heart. This morning as we looked at this, I believe Peter saw firsthand the two stark contrasts in seeing the difference of a Spirit-filled life and a life that lived the old way. This morning I'd invite you to consider that, your relationship with God. And I don't know, you know, only you know where you're at with the Lord. God loves you. And God says, hey, listen, I want to I help you, and I want to bring you out of this that you've been in, give you that peace that passes all understanding. It begins in a prayer, but God will show you your whole life, His purpose. You know, the Bible says that Jesus came to this world was born in a manger, lived a sinless life, died on the cross for you and me, and we die with him. But then the good news is we live with him as well. You see, Jesus came back to life three days later, and he came back to life because he loved you. And I'd invite you this morning, if you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, maybe you're distant from the Lord. Maybe this new year coming brings a little fear into your heart because you think, gosh, another year of just drifting. Do do I want another year like I just had or another 10 years like I just had? Maybe God would just be speaking to you in love and saying, listen, I want to do something new in your heart. I want to take that faith that you have in me. And I want to begin to add to it things that are going to make a difference through your entire life. You're going to be the one that's blessed. Not only in this life, but in the life to come. If you've never received Christ as your Savior, you're saying, yeah, I know I need to get right with God. Listen, we're going to pray right now. And you can ask the Lord in your life. And we're just going to see what God will do. Begins in a prayer. He'll show you his whole, your whole life, his goodness. And so if you, you need to get right with God, let's just pray together. You can repeat this if you want or just speak it in your heart. Let's get right with God, okay? Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I invite you into my life today. I recognize, God, that I have lived without you. You are not part of my plans. And for this, God, I'm sorry. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. His blood covered my sins. 
And so now I come to you and ask you to accept me as your child. That the purposes of my life would be the purposes that you have for me. And I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit so I can be what you want me to be. I need your help, God. I need your forgiveness. And so, Lord, I ask you now that you would forgive me. Help me walk in your ways each day. Thank you for eternal life, that I don't have to be scared about dying anymore. But now let me live for you and help me live for you each day. In Jesus' name. That's Pastor Mike Kessler with It's Time. I'd like to take this moment to invite you to get your free copy of It's Time to Grow, the New Believers booklet written by Pastor Mike. It's Time to Grow answers many of the questions new believers have in a clear and concise manner, followed by the scripture references for each statement made. It's Time to Grow can be yours simply by dialing 800-357-4226. That's 1-800-357-4226. Or you can order it online for free at csnradio.com. Don't forget, if you'd like a copy of today's program, you can call our toll-free line I mentioned before, and that's 1-800-357-4226. Also, the daily free podcast is available through iTunes by searching for It's Time in the iTunes Store. On behalf of Pastor Mike and all of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening, and tune in next time for It's Time. It's time.